Isaac Shade here, co-host of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Join Andy Patton and me every Monday as we break down all the buzzer-beating action, conference rivalry games, and need-to-know bubble matchups ahead of the NCAA tournament. Check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. There's no doubt that statistically Luther Burden tailed off a bit in the second half of the season, but I don't think this is anything for Missouri fans to be concerned about. And you know what? Let's answer some more questions from the mailbag coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get 150 bucks in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And I want to start this show off today with some questions from the mailbag. Already teased Luther Burden. Going to talk about Nick Bolton's Super Bowl performance later on the show. I also want to talk a little basketball about how Peyton Marshall, a future Missouri player, looks to have already transformed his body. I think that's a really good sign for his future. But you know what? Let's start answering off some questions here. We're going to start with old Rich Chamberlain from YouTube. He says, any thoughts on Luther Burden? I thought he was really explosive in the first five games till he was injured against LSU. Never was the same. Breaking tackles was his thing. Well, I only agree with maybe some of that premise there because, well, quite honestly, Luther Burden had, it was more than just the first five games where he was incredibly productive statistically. Really the first six games, I would say, 96 yards or more for Burden and at least seven targets in each and every one of those games as well. So the second half of the season starting off with the Kentucky game the very next week, after the LSU game, just two catches for 15 yards for Luther Burden. So statistically, as the season went along, his target volume dropped a little bit. But you know what? More often than not, when Burden had his big games, he still had his usual big average per catch. And by the way, the second to last game against the Florida Gators, of course, memorably, Burden hauls in that fourth and 17. Missouri gets a needed first down that they had to have in that moment. Desperation time. And well, that was one of nine catches for Burden for 158 yards in the ball game. So while obviously the next week, the Tigers didn't need him as much against Arkansas, just 55 yards against the Razorbacks and 26 yards against Tennessee in a game where, quite honestly, Missouri didn't need to throw the ball a whole lot in the second half. Cody Schrader and that Missouri offensive line were just devastating the Volunteers in the second half. So again, context is always really important 
in all of this stuff. And, and even the last game for Missouri, the Cotton Bowl, three catches for 15 yards, though the winning, the game-sealing touchdown, I would say, for Luther Burden in the red zone. Also, he had a carry for 20 yards in that ball game as well. So, again, in that Missouri Ohio State game, the Tigers really couldn't get anything going offensively, especially in the passing game. The first three quarters of that ball game really wasn't until Speedy Johnson took the top off the defense at one point that finally Missouri was able to open up that passing game a little bit, get burdened the ball, for instance, in the end zone. Again, this is all just a long way of saying that even in the Georgia game where Burden just has three catches, he did have a 39-yard touchdown over the top of, again, one of the premier teams in the entire country. So I think all that context is really important. And obviously the second half of the season, better defenses that Missouri faced. You look at that schedule on paper, you include a, a premier program like LSU that had a really bad defensive season last year. Well, that was one of Burden's. It was his third best game in terms of yardage last season was against LSU. So all that context, really important, and just a long way of saying that, am I concerned about Luther Burden's second half of the season? I do think he was a little bit banged up compared to the first half, no doubt about that. So I, I somewhat agree with your premise. At the, second, at the same time, if there was any implication that this is something to worry about in the future, I would say absolutely not. I think, once again, look for a, a massive junior season in what will almost certainly be his final season in a Missouri uniform. And I had a couple people on YouTube retroactively take me to task for being worried about Nick Bolton in coverage in the Super Bowl. One guy whose name is not going to be mentioned on this program even said I sounded like I was from Kansas. Uh, excuse me, sir. One more strike and you will certainly be removed from the channel with that kind of talk. But seriously, folks. How about we just talk to each other like actual human beings online? If you want to disagree with me, fine and dandy. All I ask is you just talk to me as if I'm you just got introduced to me at a dinner party or something like that. Maybe use that kind of tone instead of, hey, idiot from Kansas, that kind of deal. But anyway, the point is a little bit more of a, a constructive criticism here from the Oracle 30. I guess you were incorrect on your video where you thought Bolton would be a liability for the Chiefs. He dominated the game and was the leading tackler. Well, again, tough for me to agree with that premise when I never said that Nick Bolton would be a liability. I said I was worried about him being targeted in coverage by some really, really good San Francisco running backs, tight ends, and, and the hybrid player, of course, Kyle Juszczyk. And, well, if you said he was the leading tackler, that's a fact. No doubt about it. And I, again, as I said in my video following the game, I thought Bolton ended up doing fine in the game. Even if, by the way, if you looked at the stats, Bolton in coverage did give up seven targets. And, by the way, seven receptions on all seven targets gave up some yardage there. But to me, a lot of that was in zone coverage off of play action fakes on first down where Purdy is throwing the ball into windows that were open, not because Bolton was being, you know, beaten badly by Debo Samuel in coverage or something like that. It was just more, hey, good 
Good design on first down by Kyle Shanahan. Good offense, good accuracy by Brock Purdy and finding the open windows in that zone. But for the most part, as I said, I thought Steve Spagnuolo actually did a great job of putting Bolton in good positions in that game, rushing him more frequently than I think they did more in the past using him as a spy on Brock Purdy on some passing down situations. So, listen, I thought Bolton did great. I thought he played played a good ball game for the Chiefs. To say he dominated the game, I think, is a little bit strong. And, again, as I said, it wasn't so much about Nick Bolton per se. Any, any linebacker in the league, for the most part, other than maybe Fred Warner on the other side, for example, for San Francisco, but just about – any linebacker in the NFL is going to be challenged against that particular 49ers team because of Christian McCaffrey and his versatility, because of check and his versatility, and of course Kittle and his tremendous blocking ability to go along with the passing game. So again, just all those different options there made me just look at Bolton as a key player for that game. I never said, oh, he's going to be a liability. I was just simply pointing something out that, hey, this could be a problem here potentially. Fortunately, I thought Spagnola put Bolton in a good position. And as per usual, as I said, Bolton, one of the smartest players on the Chiefs, one of the most one of the smartest players football-wise, I think, on Mizzou of the last few seasons for sure. Just great instincts. Just a really good player and a good dude, too. So if anybody understood that as some brutal takedown of Nick Bolton, well, I would encourage you to maybe listen to it again because that is not what happened. And coming up, let's give a little more context to Sam Horn's current injury situation, how it affects both baseball and football coming up here in just a little bit. But first, let's talk about FanDuel Sportsbook because obviously, well, the NFL season is sadly over. But that means it's time to get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. You know, FanDuel, they really are the place to be with any sport, but to me, They've got the best NBA options out there, some of the best props, player props every single night. you got same-game parlays. The options truly are endless. So just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel 
on YouTube, and you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. It's Locked On Sports Today. Find Locked On Sports Today, the channel now on Amazon Fire TV and on YouTube here for you 24-7. And let's talk a little bit more about Sam Horn. We're still waiting for any type of official word or what the next step might be, if any, for Sam Horn and his apparent elbow injury that he suffered a few days ago. And Jeff in Cabo on YouTube asks, I thought Horn's issue, elbow issue, was with baseball. Didn't have any problem with him humming a football. Well, indeed, last year that was the case. Horn's elbow injury was apparently severe enough or at least concerning enough that Missouri shut him down for baseball for baseball purposes after that. And I believe Horn missed missed spring football practice as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. But by the time obviously fall came around, Horn was a full go. He didn't have any pro at least on the football side of things. Obviously he was the backup quarterback from Missouri, ended up taking a few snaps on the season. But obviously if Brady Cook would have went down for a game or any stretch of time there, Horn was obviously the backup quarterback. So the thing is, whether this is going to affect football or not is going to depend on how severe this elbow injury is. Certainly, once again, Horn, depending on, again, the severity, depending on the decisions that he and his family want to make, he could end up just shutting it down, resting his elbow once again, and deciding, hey, let's just not play baseball this season, for example, once again, and Go go to toward fall and say, hey, yeah, like you say, like Jeff and Cabo alluded to here, obviously the baseball motion and the football motion are very, very different, especially when you start thinking about, all right, throwing curveballs and sliders and that kind of thing. That just puts tremendous amount of stress on your elbow. Now, the good news is for football, long-term you get say worst case scenario he gets Tommy John surgery. Well, that would obviously hold him out for a year plus for those of you who are aware of the type of rehab for that surgery. The good news is these days the recovery rate for that is pretty darn good. It's not 100% on you getting back to 100%, but it's a lot better than it was 20, 30 years ago. No question about that. But as I said before, with football, hey, that's more of a shoulder-based motion. The elbow is not put under as nearly as much stress as baseball. So while he would sit out the year in football there as well, more than likely, it seems like long-term that wouldn't be a huge issue for football. I think the thing is, with baseball, do you want to sit out another season and maybe not do the surgery, that kind of thing? Because Horn is a real prospect in both of these sports, without a doubt, arguably more so in baseball, at least before these two elbow injuries that have cropped up here each of the last two springs, spring seasons, I would say. Not quite spring here in Missouri, I understand that. But again, that is a good point here. There is no doubt that he could sit out baseball and be fine for football this season. That is a possibility. I think with this recurring for the second year in a row, though, that possibility is quite a bit less than it was last season. So obviously, as a Missouri football fan, first and foremost, I would like to see Horn be healthy and able to compete for the backup job 
just just compete period this upcoming season on the football field but for him as a young man I can understand why if maybe they feel like he needs a surgery to to preserve whatever value in baseball as a prospect he still has I completely understand that and unfortunately football would just be the unfortunate non-beneficiary of that situation and you know what, before we get back in to the mailbag, I do want to make a, a, an observation about Peyton Marshall, one of the five members of Missouri's Ballyhooed 2024 basketball recruiting class. Well, in my opinion, Peyton Marshall, while he isn't the highest ranked at the moment among those prospects, I actually think he has the most upside of any of those players, even more than Anor Boateng or or Marcus Allen, whoever you want to pick there. To me, Peyton Marshall at his size, say 6'10", 6'11", 300-plus pounds, well, actually he might be a little bit trimmer than 300 these days because he put out a picture, a couple pictures of himself on social media, one from the time where it looked like from a few months ago when he had committed to Missouri, very much looking like he had, for lack of a better term, some baby fat to lose. And, and from my perspective, I thought, big deal. The guy's like 16 years old. Yeah, once he starts maybe getting a, a little bit better conditioning, a little bit better diet, getting into you know SEC type of training, Missouri basketball type of training, he'll drop that weight no problem. Well, he already put out a picture of himself looking like he's already transformed his body quite a bit here at the high school level. So his time here with the overtime elite squad appears to be paying dividends already. And I'm just impressed that he apparently realized, hey, just need to do a little bit of work here, put in the time, put in the effort, and it's already paying dividends for him. How can you not be impressed with that? Because I was already incredibly impressed with his skill set, a guy who's, again, at that size, has really, really soft hands, is a guy that is a guy that Dennis Gates called the best passer in his high school class, regardless of position. Now, if you're maybe not into the Dennis Gates hyperbole talk at the moment, I can understand that Missouri sitting winless in the SEC as we speak here on February 13th, but... That says something. That shows that he's got some real skill to go along with that size and a guy who is a true back-to-the-basket player in an era where so many big guys, so many centers, are not only just rim runners and dunkers, but obviously stepping out at the three-point line more often than not as well. Now, maybe maybe Marshall, he has some, some real hand-eye coordination. You can see that. Maybe he does eventually expand his range out to the three-point line. But I'm just going to tell you this. Most people are going to be guarding him in this league, even next season, are going to be thanking their lucky stars anytime he's on the three-point line. Because not only is he a load, he is a skilled load at that. And to me, a real, true, back-to-the-basket skilled player, a guy who can pass it and catch it, and a guy who has shown a real commitment to getting in shape and improving his overall athleticism and, and conditioning and conditioning and all that good stuff already at a very young age, man, I, I think this is a really good sign for that young man individually. 
hopefully this whole whole class is going to be part of what turns around this Dennis Gates era coming next season. And coming up, I want to talk about the Mizzou football players invited to the NFL Combine this spring and also clear up some possible confusion related to Missouri's $62 million donation. Yes, some of that money can go to basketball as well. So let's talk about all that, answer a couple more basketball questions too. But first, let me tell you that passion, drive, and patience, what brings home the winning trophy, is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over one 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. So Missouri has eight players invited to the NFL Combine, and I'll be honest, I didn't bother to go back and look at each and every year how many guys were invited to the Combine from Missouri that seems like a lot to me. It really does. So that's a, a real positive sign, and certainly this will be the best Missouri draft hall in the NFL in many years. You've got Cody Schrader, Javon Foster, Darius Robinson, Tyron Hopper, Chris Abrams-Drain, Jalen Carlisle, Ennis Rakestraw, and the place kicker, Harrison Mevis. And quite honestly, I could see all of those guys being drafted. It really is possible. I think probably just because of the nature of being a place kicker, Harrison Mevis probably the least likely to be drafted, though I, I guarantee you he's going to get a shot with somebody as a free agent. So he, he's going to get his chance. Don't worry if Harrison Mevis does not get drafted really more than just about anybody. I think we know for, for certain Ennis Rakestraw, Darius Robinson, those guys are looking like quite possibly first-round picks at the moment. Chris Abrams-Drain is a no-doubt draft pick. Same thing with Javon Foster. I would say Tyron Hopper and, and even Cody Schrader and, and Jalen Carlisle. I'd be surprised if all those guys were not drafted drafted at the very least. I think Cody Schrader has done enough at this point, folks. Are we, are we just going to continue at every level of football to doubt this guy? He, he proved it at the highest level of college football this past season. I'm not telling you he's going to eventually be Barry Sanders or, or Christian McCaffrey necessarily, but the idea that he's not a draftable NFL football player, I think is absurd 
when you actually just turn on his tape and really go watch him. So I fully expect Cody Schrader to be drafted. And Jalen Carlisle, a guy who, to be brutally honest, I was not the biggest fan of in terms of his past coverage in 2022. I really thought he had a much improved 2023, his final season with Missouri. In my opinion, was his best season with the Tigers. And he's always had real physical skills, real size and speed at that position that is hard to find. And I think just based on that alone and a really good senior tape, hey, I think I think he's a draftable guy for sure. So Jalen Carlisle, Rakestraw, Mevis, Abrams Drain, Hopper, Robinson, Foster, and Schrader, I really think you could be seeing at least seven or eight of those guys being drafted. And finally, let's answer one more question from the mailbag. I want to clear up some stuff from the the $62 million donation that Missouri received recently. Well, the Magic Man 745 on YouTube asks, still no money for basketball. Well, good question. Maybe I wasn't clear enough on my episode. Again, of that $62 million, $50 million of that is supposed to go to improvements to Memorial Stadium, Faroe Field. The rest of the $12 million has been earmarked for the Tiger Fund, which is Missouri's in-house name, image, and likeness operation. Now, what I said in comparison is I was saying, hey, $12 million, bucks, that's about what it takes some of these big-time SEC schools, including Missouri, by the way, that's about approximately, from everything I've heard, $12 bucks. that's about ballpark of what you're paying your football team every year at this point. At least that's what 2023 looked like. But just to be clear here, the Tiger Fund is not just for football. It can absolutely be for basketball or, in theory, any other sport as well, although I don't know how much of that is realistically going to anything outside of the actual the revenue sports, as we call them, men's basketball and football. So to say that that's no money for basketball, well, that's not accurate. And also, even if all of that money specifically were earmarked for football, if you know how money works... Money is fungible. So that $12 million bucks, even if that were specifically for football, well, now suddenly all that money that you had before, well, now you, you still have more money to free up for basketball. You see what I'm trying to say here? If, you're, if your kid's asking you for lunch money when they go off their freshman year at Mizzou, when you're giving them lunch money, understand you're really probably just giving them beer money. You understand what I'm saying here? You can use anything for your money. It's transferable. That's why money is fungible, ladies and gentlemen. But hey, thanks for thanks for making this show your first listen every day as per usual. And once again, for your second listen, definitely check out Locked On Sports today on YouTube or on Amazon Fire TV as well. So until next time, I am John Miller, and thanks for listening to Locked on Mizzou.